Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the world, why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you, the listeners, can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Rant 9 Productions, which is me. So if you like how we sound and are thinking about starting a podcast, reach out to me. I'm easy to find. Pod for Good can be found anywhere you get your podcasts, including YouTube now, because YouTube has realized people like to watch podcasts on YouTube. Please make sure to like and subscribe uh, to this podcast wherever you decide to listen to it. I am, as always, your chief philanthropod and class clown for stacking cans, Jesse Ulrich. And I'm your vice admiral philanthropod and class clown for food security, Chris Miller. In this episode, we are talking with Dwayne Sheridan, the community engagement education manager for the Food Bank of Eastern Oklahoma. We talked to Dwayne about all the things that the Food Bank does how they serve rural communities, and we talked about the exciting learning and volunteer opportunities coming soon. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Dwayne from the Food Bank of Eastern Oklahoma on the podcast today. Dwayne, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me out. Um, listen, I'm glad, I'm glad to be out on a nice day. So mm-hmm. uh, for our listeners, we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and up until maybe two days ago, it was like raining for like a week straight, mm-hmm. maybe longer, and it was not pleasant. And uh, I had to mow my, my yard today because of it. So, because grass needs water. Anyway, I've been sorry. I've been reading a lot of articles about how you shouldn't <laughs> mow your lawn because it's good for the environment and like bees and whatnot. So I'm all in my head about it. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on the note of saving bees, follow me here. Let's talk about food insecurity. Okay. Uh, okay. I can see the bees already. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dwayne, tell us about the work you do at the Food Bank. Well, I'm the Community Engagement and Education Manager at the Food Bank of Eastern Oklahoma. And so, but up until this point, I've actually been the Volunteer Center Manager. So I've worked with people coming in, you know, school groups and uh, different individuals and uh, corporate groups that have come in and volunteered. So I spent a lot of hands-on time in the volunteering aspect of the Food Bank. And now moving on to more of an education role, uh, going out in the community and uh, talking to people about what we actually do. Are you also educating them on the bigger issues that is the problem with food? Yeah, we're really trying to, we kind of have two aspects that I really want to communicate to people. One is the need uh, for people to understand what food insecurity is and just that idea of people not knowing when they're going to eat and uh, how big a issue it is, but how we can actually tackle it. The other aspect that we're trying to really establish with people is just making it normal, normalizing the need for help. A lot of people on both sides of the fence, whether they are receiving help or want to give help, they're not sure if they can, if they should, if it's if it's a good thing, if it you know kind of lowers who they are. There's just a lot of different takes on what help means, and we're really trying to get that and communicate it out to people that help is okay. Like we all need help with things. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's judgment on both on like on all sides of it, but people oh, people think there is judgment on all sides right. of it. As I should say, yeah, I, I would say this there. there People feel like there's judgment and there is judgment. I've seen it in both hands. Yeah. Well, and and you bring up a good point because it's not just about the people receiving the service. Sometimes people feel like what they're willing and able to give isn't enough. So they stop themselves from actually helping. Yeah. It's like if I can't help on the greater scale and, and yeah. end hunger, then right. why should I help in the small scale? But that small scale helps somebody in need right now. So they're, yeah. they're, it's all needed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know you all have uh, some big audacious goals 
over the next several years around food insecurity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So at the uh, food bank, what we're trying to really do is we really want to communicate to the people, not just in Tulsa, but uh, on the whole eastern part of the state, not only how big the need is, but also that it is like workable. Like we can do something to actually make a difference as opposed to just saying, well, that's a problem. And I guess we just have to deal with it or, you know, just have to have it happen in our community. And so we're really expanding. We've done a like an actual physical expansion to the food bank proper, but we're also upping our services and what we're able to do to try to, over the next five years, make it to where we can, you know, do about 60 million pounds of food by another five years wow. from now. And that's a lot of food. Yeah, it is a lot. It's about double what we do now. And we're in the, the setup to be able to actually do that. So, I mean, I've, I've volunteered at the food bank. I remember going through like lots of unlabeled cans and whatnot and like, what is a good can? What is a bad can, et cetera? <laughs> like, oh yeah. I'm, I think most people would have some experience with that. But my question is now, what is the process that you all use to get the food to people? Like how do people, obviously if you're covering a large part of the state, the Eastern part, mm -hmm. um, like how are you getting it to cities outside of Tulsa? That's a good question. We have, we work with 20, the 24 counties on the eastern part of the state. So if you can kind of imagine a line just kind of west of Tulsa, up and down, not exactly straight, but follows the counties, like all of that area is what we deal with. And so we actually work with about 700 different partners to get the food out to where people are. So we have a lot here in Tulsa, of course, but then each one of those counties has different uh, partners that we work with, like uh, pantries, you know, some are like faith-based, not faith-based, you know, just different independent groups that meet uh, the requirements that we have for them to be able to do that. And part of that is for them to not require or not demand of us more than like 50% of their food. We want to make sure no matter what happens, mm -hmm. the people in their area get food, even if something were to happen, like one of our trucks, you know, something happens with it and doesn't arrive, breaks down or something like that, that they're not out. So we work with all these different partners. And then we have our own programs that are like a kids backpack for kids program that we do. And it's like 55 schools here in the Tulsa area. And so that's how we get the food out to people is we, we ship it out. And also, mm -hmm. you know, groups come to the building if they're within the Tulsa area and pick up from us and that eliminates a shipping cost. So we kind of share that shipping cost with, with groups that are outside of there, but that's the only you know aspect that we're really looking at to be able to get food to mm -hmm. people. So that's, that's all with those partners that we have. With those partners, just having, you know, volunteered or, or worked with some of them, one of the things they talk about that the food bank helps with them the most is getting fresh food. You know, if you think about what do people do, they do can drives, they do prepare, you know, they do box food, things like that. So they get a lot of, you say, non-perishable foods, but it's a struggle for them to get fresh fruit, vegetables, meat, cheeses, and things like that. And that's, I know, a need that the food bank fills in for them. Oh, absolutely. Like... Um, when people think of us, they typically think of canned goods. I mean, that's, right. I mean, cans of, we have lots of canned corn, <laughs> right? We have those kind of things there, of course, yeah. but actually about 40% of what we do is all fresh. And so either fresh or fresh frozen. And so we're getting that food in, we buy from, you know, local farms from our Oklahoma farm to table program, but we also buy from all over the country, depending on whatever we can get cost wise and bring it in and mm -hmm. make it available. And then our volunteers basically take that bulk items and take it down into smaller packaging so we can give it out to those partners. And then they don't have to do that packaging work on their end. Mm -hmm. You know, if I give them this huge 
just a bin full of potatoes that's 2,000 pounds, which we get, <laughs> right. you know, these big cardboard bins. We, we don't want the three or four volunteers that are working really hard out there in their county or their area to have to then, okay, what do we do with this? <laughs> this potatoes, they, we, we bag them up and have them actually where they can just hand out bags to people and what makes it convenient. So that's kind of our goal is not only to get the food, but also to make it where it's usable on right. the on the far end. Well, and I think an interesting aspect of your farm program is that it also helps out the farmers, right? Provides a steady buyer for for their produce and sometimes for produce that's harder for them to sell. Oh, absolutely. And you know, some people when they hear the food bank coming to area farmers, it's like, oh no, they want they want donations, you mm. know. And and of course we do. We gladly will take any donations anyone who puts <laughs> our way. But when it comes to the Oklahoma Farm to Table, we're actually buying that that produce at a near market price. And then that not only feeds people in our area, but then it helps, like you said, it helps the farmers in our area to have a steady um, aspect of buying someone that's there for them and are going to buy on a regular basis. And we've got a lot of you know grant money that's come in and other forms that we're able to use for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Have there been conversations about starting your own farm? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, there has. Um, we, we've talked about it. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, land that's been, you know, thought of for that uh, possibility. It's a whole nother undertaking, even uh, on the small scale. Like if you do, if you, if you grow your own garden, think about the time and effort that Mm -hmm. goes into that to be able then to harvest that. And most people, when they do it at at their home, you know, on a smaller scale, they're looking at, you know, getting some herbs, you know, some tomatoes, things like that. And, you know, they'll get maybe five or six meals (laughs) out out of those, what they've done. You know, it really, when you scale that up and uh, put the resources toward it, for us, it's um, it may be educational and it may be helpful, uh, but as far as a big source of bringing in food, we're going to leave that to the farmers who already know what they're doing and uh, can help us with that. I was just thinking of like a big, huge project between them and Global Gardens, right? <laughs> uh, the nonprofit that teaches kids how to how to grow things in schools. And I was just like, we can make a huge like uh, school farm. Well, um, no, that's the way we could actually do it is yeah. if it were a part of that education branch, then it's not a we depend on that food, mm-hmm. but it's more of it, we're using it to get people involved yeah. and then actually using that food to help. Well, then that's a double benefit that may be worth the time and effort that it takes to do it. All right, Crystal, if you're listening, I know you're not. Um, (laughs) You're going to get an email from me about it. All right. So, okay. You know, through the, through the pandemic and the lockdown and the world we live in now, like it's almost hard to boil down a problem because like we all know how interconnected everything is, but can you give us like a sort of a, a rundown of sort of, we'll, we'll just focus on Eastern Oklahoma here, but like the, the uh, complex interweavings that lead to food insecurity and food problems here. Oh, wow. Well, you know, if you're looking at it, it's kind of a, the, the whole scope of our area, the rural areas, as well as the, the city area, the downtown area, and just greater Tulsa, they really have some different issues when it comes to what they're dealing with as far as food availability, things like that. But a lot of it, you know, we, we learned through the, you know, pandemic, like you said, that all of us are interconnected a lot more. All of a sudden, things that we, we thought we could have weren't there. If you were dealing that on a regular basis, it totally changes everything. When people are looking at, like, having food insecurity and you say, well, you can just go, maybe you can just go get food or there's all these different places that food are available. Our goal is to get food where people actually 
they are. Because if you add transportation mm. into that equation, yeah. like if, I mean, even if you're here in Tulsa where we have, you know, public transportation and availability, uh, you're, you can't bring a whole, you know, cart's worth of groceries, if you, even if you can afford them onto the bus and take it home. I, I always use the idea of like, I don't know if anybody does this with when you're getting groceries, but if you try to do the thing where you're trying to get as many groceries into the house in one go yep. as possible, I don't know why we do that because mm. a lot of people live, you know, they're going from their driveway or garage straight into their home, but it's still like, I will take every yep. bag humanly possible to where you're using like pinkies and toes Ooh. to open doors. They even sell devices now. That oh yeah, those grippers. Use, yeah, grippers. <laughs> I've to, seen those. Yeah. And it's like, I will get all these in. And it's like, we do that because it's, we can Mm -hmm. Because the availability from the car is there. It's like almost a bit of a challenge. Yep. But if you now have to do that and go, let's say, three miles, and that's a small amount for a lot of mm -hmm. folks to get to food. Yep. Um, if you have to go three miles, I, you can't carry back all that. So if you're adding in the time that it takes, so if most people take two to three hours of grocery shopping, if you had to do that plus the walk, and you had to do that as many times as you had to throughout the week to make up the difference of one trip to the grocery store. That time sink can be 12, 15 hours a week. And that's a lot of, a lot of folks that we deal with, they have jobs that they're working regularly, but by the time they add that into mm -hmm. the mix, they're out of time. Yeah. And so they have to make a choice. Well, and, you know, living in Tulsa, we think of food deserts being, you know, parts of North Tulsa, mm -hmm. West Tulsa, uh, and forgive me, I went to uh, the dinner party a couple of weeks ago, sure. so I saw the videos. And so uh, uh, forgive me if I steal any thunder. Okay, yeah, you've <laughs> got stuff. all the info. Go for it. <laughs> uh, as much as I can remember. But one, one thing that was fascinating that I had didn't even think of is that in rural Oklahoma, there are entire counties that are food deserts. Yes. yes. And it's something we don't think of as much here. We think of, oh, here's, you know, 10 square miles that that don't have a grocery store or availability of fresh food but in parts of rural oklahoma it's substantially larger yeah you you said it uh, you know north tulsa does deal with that absolutely mm -hmm. yeah and in the rural areas i mean you might have and it might be that they have access to food but the closest place which may be 10 miles mm -hmm. is a dollar store right and so now your you know, resources are limited. Fresh food is almost completely out of the question. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking that and saying, well, we can you know, buy inexpensive food, but it's not healthy. And even if, if it can be food, it then has to be obtained over that distance. And so it becomes this huge hurdle that I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't have food insecurity. They don't think about. They don't right. think about that aspect of the time and the effort that go into it. And that's something that we've tried to do with kind of our new initiative with education is just have people come in and just do the math for a few minutes, you know, just kind of sit down and do a little bit of a, okay, what if you had this amount of money? Mm -hmm. um, I run people through this quite often run, you know, here's a budget and here is the menu at the dollar store or the gas station. Now, what are you going to make? And they kind of go, well, I've got a whole bunch of things that are American cheese slice forward, you know, <laughs> and that's that's what they come up with. And right. by the time they're all done, they're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about how much this this takes. And it's like, yeah. And so you when you're repeating that, it's hard to get out of it. Absolutely. So with your uh, the education work, I mean, is it mostly bringing people into the facility or do you do outreach into uh, the community as well? 
Well, we've been doing education for quite a while, but this the my new position and where I'm kind of pushing toward is not only at the food bank proper, but taking it to locations. So schools, corporations, groups, and basically doing workshops with them to be able to uh, either, you know, work on uh, having them understand what's going on and then maybe doing a food drive with it. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's just simply just that bigger understanding so they know. So we start giving them tools of how they can actually help people. Like we have some really easy to use tools, even online things that people can do to help people in need and get them pointed in the right direction that just most people don't know about. So our goal is really communicating to that people so they can use Mm -hmm. it. So earlier you were talking about trying to break, normalize the need, break down the stigma around it. So how do you, how do you approach that? I have, if, if I'm talking about education wise, when I, when I bring people in for one, we like having people come to the food bank if possible. For one, you know, if you're if you're local, it's not far. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just right off Kenosha or you know on Kenosha there. It's real easy to get to, but really, what we're trying to do is have people see the scope of what we do. I think a lot of times, part of our issue as the food bank of Eastern Oklahoma is communicating that we're not just a food pantry. So most people they'll they'll just they'll go like, oh, when I talk to them about where I work or what I do, they're like, oh. Like, how do you all make it? Don't you have like 10 people there or something? It's like, no, we have like 100 people <laughs> that, that, that work there. And then we have all these volunteers that are so important to it. And so if people kind of see that, it just opens their eyes. But then I'll walk them through um, some different, uh, like I said, workshop kind of scenarios and have them see some things we do is just like have people build different houses out of bags of items that are completely unfair. We just tell everybody right off the bat, this is an unfair, uh, you, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they kind of go, wait a second, I want it to be fair. It's like, nope, these are unfair. Uh, 100%, you're going to take a bag and you're going to build a little house out of it. Just a simple little illustration. Mm-hmm. But I've had so many people walk away from that going, you know, they had a whole bunch of things to work with over there and I only had a couple and this was the best I could do. Yep. And it's just that moment of realization. I see it on their faces. They just go, Okay, I hadn't thought about it. If that's if that's the ability of my resources, mm-hmm. this is the best I can do, and it may or may not be bad. Yeah, but in comparison to what somebody else goes, you know, they say, "Oh, mine is so much better. Or I can do so much more." Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you have a lot more at your disposal. Yeah, and so we try to train people that way. Yeah, it's almost like a, a workshop around privilege without using a charged word like privilege, but still highlighting the point of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Food privilege. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. Let's, I want to get to like some nitty gritty stuff, things I think about sometimes, which is like, okay, I have some food to donate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, okay, which place do I go for this particular item? Like, I know, like, obviously, cans. Like, cans, I know where to go. <laughs> but, like, a lot of times, like, I'm at events or whatever, and they have leftover food, and we're like, well, we should do something with this food. And a lot of times, like, we'll go to the day center for the homeless, or we'll, or we'll, go, or we'll go to the food bank. It's like, I, but, like, I never know what is the place, like, on a Thursday night at 9 p.m. where I can take <laughs> leftover food. So, like, what, for, for our listeners, like, what are the sort of rules and guidelines for donating food to the food bank? Okay, well, that kind of food that is, like, okay, I've got leftover certain amount or things like that. It would really be with certain one of our our partners that we work with that do that kind of thing here in Tulsa. So be finding out and you can contact us to see which ones do that. For us, we're looking more at, um, like you said, canned good, but really things that 
have those uh, nu nutritional values on them. Uh, let people know what they actually are. We don't want people to get something that's expired. We don't want people to get something that is, um, you know, food allergy problematic uh, because, you know, people deal with that across the board, whether they need food or they're, they have an abundance of food, they're struggling with that as well. And so we want to make sure all those things are in place that people are getting good food. So that's a little harder to tell when it comes to those kind of leftovers. But yeah, you could contact us and find out which partners we have that would let you know, okay, hey, here's where you can bring it to. What are some of the best foods to, to donate to food bank? Oh, that's a great thing. Uh, if you're looking for like, if you're looking for the easy kind of canned good, uh, we always can use more canned fruit. Like Ooh. I said, we get a lot of corn, a lot of green beans. We'll take it all. But, mm -hmm. but canned fruit is always one that is lower supply and, and of course, high in demand because it kind of rounds out uh, some of the things that people get. Peanut butter is a big one. Uh, we, I mean, we do a lot of purchasing of peanut butter. We get a lot of donations of peanut butter, but it's one of those that I know there's some with allergies for it, but there's a lot of people that, you know, it's across the board age wise. It's easy to use. There's protein and fat that's good for you in there. It can be high calorie if you're, you know, actually need those calories. Mm -hmm. And so those are some good things that right off the bat, you can just be like, oh, I'm going to purchase that next time you see a food bank and, or like a food drive. And it's, and mm -hmm. you give those, we're like, those are the bags that I'm pulling off the the racks coming in or the boxes coming in, those tall food bank boxes and going, yes, like that's, <laughs> oh, it's the mother load, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that's what we look at. Uh, one that came up when I was working with uh, Tulsa Cares that people never think to donate. And that was um, like seasonings, herbs, spices, stuff like that, that people don't think to add. You use it at home to make your food taste better. Other people who are having to cook a chicken breast or whatever, they would appreciate some seasoning yeah, as it well. Would, it'd be nice to not be a little <laughs> as bland as chicken possibly can be. If you're like me, you might hear estate planning and go, ew, gross. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure why I'd bother with that. Estate planning is only for the uber rich. Tallgrass begs to differ. Tallgrass founding attorneys Laurel and Riley think everyone should have an estate plan. They know estate planning seems untouchable to a lot of folks, like something you have to do inside a stuffy law firm of Stuffy McLawyer Pants Esquire. But I promise you, Tallgrass is nothing like that. For one, they work out of their home so their clients can feel at home. They obsess, because they're nerds, over making clients feel like they belong and are supposed to be there. Also, their kids might make an appearance. They will take time to answer all of your questions, even the uncomfortable ones. They will work relentlessly to make sure your plan is exactly what you need to feel secure and at peace. So if you've been putting off planning for what's going to happen after you've gone, it's time for you to give Tallgrass a call at 918-770-8940 and start your plan today. Or visit their website at tallgrassestateplanning.com and schedule a free initial consultation. For free! It's right there on the website. And of course, there's more because this is a podcast ad. If you tell them you're a Pot for Good listener, they're going to take 25% off their service fees. Just tell them Pot for Good sent you. Stop thinking estate planning isn't for you and give Tallgrass a call today at 918-770-8940 or on their website, which I'm not going to read out to you again. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Tallgrass. Yeah, right. that's why like for us, and those are good things to donate. Uh, we have people donate... We've had not too long ago a um, donation of like razors. And so we have, you know, college uh, programs that go out and gave those to some of those college programs so they could have those items. I mean, that's we're typically dealing in food, mm -hmm. but we get donations from 
Costco, Walmart, Amazon, places like that that come in on the on the corporate side in the large scale. And sometimes those can be in the mix as well. And so we're able to actually put it to good use, even like pet food and things we you know give to a local humane society. So we have the ability to funnel it where it needs to go. But I mean, food is our is our main man, I was gonna say cliche, but bread and butter with, with it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, well, to get yeah. that. I'm, I'm just curious now about big corporate donations. Like, yeah. so what, what does Costco send you? Uh, we, <laughs> oh yeah, we get, uh, so we, what happens is our trucks will go out and sometimes when, with, basically when they're on their routes to already uh, deliver food to places, they have certain places that they'll pick up from on their way back. So we're not doubling up. Mm-hmm. And so we've got, we've got large scale, you know, semi trucks that go out and uh, they'll bring back, um, like when it comes to that, it'll be sometimes whole pallets of items. Uh, a lot of times we'll, we'll also get like baked goods. So they have mm. a lo- shorter shelf life. Right. And so those are easy to donate and we're able to get those right out. And uh, in fact, our our agency partners, a lot of the ones that are hands-on getting the food to take to those pantries, you know, they can get those items um, straight and see what we have available the day that they're there. And so, you know, they'll be like, oh man, like we've had, I've had birthday cakes come in <laughs> just whole birthday cakes and you think yeah. well that's not exactly the healthy <laughs> side of, of of food health but you know i had a we've had a school group that picked up some of those cakes and took one in in particular last year to a family where they know that kid doesn't really have much yeah and so one of the teachers and one of the organizers there took it to their home and it was a new kid to their to their uh, c- county and as they went to them, they, I think they'd been there about a week. And what they didn't know is that that family had moved kind of in the middle of the night in a domestic situation and was new to the new to the whole county. And they went with this birthday cake. And so they arrive with like, happy, you know, happy birthday. We have this birthday cake for you. And as they walk in, there's just like nothing in the house. And so there's that moment where as a helper, as someone trying to help those in need, you go, <laughs> Oh no! Like, have have we just made it seem worse? <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. we're bringing in this cake. Yeah, but that's the fear. I always want to tell people, like, yeah. calm that fear. It's mm-hmm. it, don't worry about that aspect of it. Yeah, it's so much more just to help. Yeah. And so they, you know, they took that cake and they also said, "Hey, we see you have some other needs." And, you know, and they called a couple of that's other. That's what I was going to yeah, ask. I was called, like, I was hoping that's what yeah, would that's happen. That's exactly yes. what they did. They called a mm-hmm. few places. That is why you partner with organizations, right. so you know what they can do. Yeah, in those and situations. so they they called a couple of organizations that mm-hmm. they knew, and uh, the next day they had furniture for that household. Yeah, I mean that's the, how those things work together. Right. And so it's just kind of knowing all those aspects and knowing how much can we actually get done. Like if you if you just learn a few of those things, you mm-hmm. can really help people. In multiple ways. Yeah. This is for organizations helping that family. <laughs> <laughs> From my knowledge, the the Food Bank of Eastern Oklahoma has uh, been around a pretty long time, right? Yeah, since the 70s. So, which, God, is now a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you have, as an organization, seen sort of the Tulsa nonprofit sector sort of grow and change drastically over those 50-ish years now. And so is it one of those things where you are going out to like new organizations that are working on a new problem, like introducing yourself or like they coming to you? Is it, is it a both sort of thing? Like as you grow, like, are you getting connected? Like how do those connect new connections happen? Yeah, we, we've brought in new people. We've, uh, we've had a new CEO, Calvin Moore came in in the last year and, uh, with, with connections that he's had from working at, uh, Meals on Wheels in the past and, uh, other people that we've brought in for that purpose where we really 
We want to make sure that those connections are happening and they are, they're being built. And so, you know, there are people come to us, there's us going mm -hmm. to them and just trying to make it to where it's more of a working help network and not just kind of isolated individuals. Like for us, we're kind of the middlemen, mm -hmm. you know, which is a, in a lot of terms, you know, people go, wow, the middleman of the situation, <laughs> yeah. like, wow, that's great. But really, you know, for us, our goal is to get every people to know where they can yeah. take the food so then we can send the food out. Like mm -hmm. we really, we don't want individuals coming yeah. to us. I mean, we have people who stop by mm -hmm. because they see the word food bank. I mean, I've, I've talked to individuals that have been like, yeah, I traveled 15, 20 miles on a bike to get here because I heard food bank and I thought you might have food. But then I've seen those individuals only be able to take about half of the, the box that we have available in case someone has a need like that home because they had a backpack. Right. They can only fit half of it home. So our goal is to actually show them where the pantries are. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a really great online tool uh, for that purpose to actually let people know what is available right near them. Yeah. You're all kind of like the uh, United Way of Food in, yeah. in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's funny, like this is one of those cases where you do want middlemen because, again, nonprofits, as we know, like they're focused on their specific problem and their specific issue. And they need some, like, even if you're dealing with, like, food insecurity or hunger or whatever, you still don't have the resources to, like, right. rent a, a huge truck and deliver things. Oh, yeah. And especially, like, refrigerators. So if mm -hmm. we're, we're going to move into the space of fresh food, you've got to have refrigeration. Yeah. You know, for us, we just built a giant new freezer, which allows us to move our old freezer. We had, you know, a big walk-in, actually, like, drive-in, forklift mm -hmm. drive-in, cooler and a freezer. We're able to turn one of those freezers, that that other freezer, into a cooler, doubling our size of our cooler, but also adding this huge freezer in, which allows us to even expand the amount of like meals that we give pre-done. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. we're we're our culinary department is cooking meals, yeah. especially off of this like the SNAP regulations just changed this past month, and basically the COVID bump that SNAP got went away. Yeah, and so with that in mind, like we prepped a bunch of meals to be ready to to add in mm -hmm. to what people are doing and we had to have a place to put them so we were able to freeze those and have those ready so it's like prepared meals there at yeah. the food bank that we're able to give out to people and they can just heat up and, and work with yeah i think that's uh, another um point about the food bank is that you all have a full-time chef yeah that is designing meals so that people can have real meals of delicious food and not feel like they're getting, you know, not to disparage it, but a, a bowl of soup and a piece of bread right. alone, right? They get, they can get real meals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just sent out, we just did like 20,000 of them within about a week, you know, plus. So we, those, those are coming through very quickly. And like, if people want to volunteer and help, like they can help in the, sorting cans like you're talking about mm -hmm. just just you know going through and getting those but you can also volunteer in the culinary department and make you can be the people helping make those meals i was just going to ask i feel like that's something chris would enjoy yeah that would yeah. That, that'd be more more that, my is that speed, your speed? Yeah. that's more my speed than than sorting the cans yeah no yeah. I, I turn the sorting cans into a game yeah and so i'm just like wah, wah, you try to see how many you can sort in an hour yeah, and then yeah. beat it yeah you know, Pretty you, much. You brought up earlier the idea of like spices and donating. Uh -huh. That was something that surprises people when they come to volunteer because we do a lot of fresh food in the uh -huh. volunteering, like I was talking about potatoes and things. But the second most popular requested fresh produce item we get is actually onions. 
Oh, yeah. So potatoes are number one. I mean, that makes sense. They're yeah. very hearty, mm -hmm. easy to work with. But onions are two. And I have people, when I tell them that, they're like, what? <laughs> you know, they're kind of looking at me like, I don't want to touch, mess with onions. Yeah. But because of the flavor content, because yeah. of the nutritional value you can add to food, mm -hmm. like in abundance, they are, as soon as we get those, like it can yep. be the very, like we'll bag them up in the volunteer center. And that afternoon, mm -hmm. they're already out the door. Yeah. I mean, that's how quick the turnaround can be on some of those items. Listen, I'm, I assume Chris is with me on this. Like, I love onions. Onions are great. I do. Yeah. Onions, yeah. Um, I would love to volunteer to help saute onions. Uh, <laughs> Full-time yeah, full, full onions. Yeah. Onion yeah. 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 When you put in the sugar, like when, when, you, when you mix them around. Anyway, I mean, this is like, uh, weirdly enough, I think one of the most positive conversations we've had on Pumper yeah. Good in quite some time. <laughs> right. And I think it's because this is one of the situations where you are all very busy doing an incredibly good job. And it is hard to educate the public who is not engaged in this work about this work because they're they're in their lives and maybe they work for a place that does a does a, a can drive or whatever. But you're spending all of your resources like working with all these partners across the eastern part of, of the state of Oklahoma. Again, we talked about this beforehand, but so slightly west of Tulsa, downish, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. all the way down. So mm -hmm. not not Oklahoma City. No, that's uh, there's another food bank uh, regional. Uh, which is part of Feeding America, and we are part of them too. So we're not like rivals in the mm -hmm. center; like we work together. <laughs> and uh, so there's times where we send them a border, truck. You have border yeah, border yeah, like, Come on, man! <laughs> like, what are you doing in our territory? Throwing potatoes you know? and at each other. <laughs> no, like we work together because we're all yeah. a part of that. Like 200 or so food banks that are part of Feeding America, and so like we went and uh, toured their facilities. And there's a little bit larger as far as. They cover a little bit more space. I was going to say, like, are they covering the rest of the state? Yes, they're the rest one? of the state. So okay. they've got a lot more, like, square footage. But as far as people go, it's about 60-40. So we're okay. about on the 40% side. So they're mm. a little bit larger than us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for the amount of food that they're they're putting out, like, it's kind of neat that we found that different uh, food banks almost specialize a little bit. And I think it's just, like, like you said, we've we've been building off the, the back of all these people who have gone before us working and building to make the food bank great mm -hmm. over all these, you know, decades. And so just depending on who they're connected with sometimes, like for us, we do a lot of produce. Uh, regional does a lot in in meat because there's a lot of meat packing and things that happen in Oklahoma City. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's times that we we ship them something from us and they ship us in return some items that, that you know, supplement what we have. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and it's a neat network. So I, I, I have an important question. True. So feel free to think about it if you need to. Okay. So uh, a lot of different sci-fi properties have come up with their solution <laughs> for world hunger. So what do you think is either, what's your either your favorite or the most viable, you think? Oh man, well, if replicators were yeah. a possibility, <laughs> then we could just we could just go right from there. I mean, if you want to go just straight forward, just a replicator on every street corner. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it practically, it's really just people getting on board mm -hmm. and in, in the large scale and actually... So if, if you had more, you know, I'm, I'm not as, I mean, I'm not as big of a tricky as I sound right this second, but, uh, you know, if we had that kind of, we're all working together mentality, federation style, then we would see that I think eliminated. I mean, you can really work toward that. It's, it's a goal that is, that is doable with the amount of food that we have, amount of mm -hmm. food that's wasted and, and what's done, we can get it to people in need, but yeah, replicators on the corners okay. is, what, is yeah. my suggestion. Star Wars doesn't really talk about where their food comes from. And you don't see them eating that much either. No, and most, most of it's alive. Yeah, and still there's milk. There's, there's different colored milks. We know that. Yeah, don't forget blue. the mushroom powder bread. From oh yeah, yeah, Force Awakens. yeah, so yeah. There's, yeah. That's that's yeah, a you little get a bit quarter of, portion of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. The Replicare would fix a lot of problems that we have in the right. world. Better than the Soylent Green. Yeah, I was going to say, I I like, yeah, where are we on the Soylent Green part of it? <laughs> well, because like as, as a huge Star Trek fan, I can tell you, they have in the canon, there are industrial sized replicators. So like for replicating buildings, like oh. it's not just like the one you see on the ship. They have massive ones, mm -hmm. so which come into play and from time to time anyway. <laughs> nerd stuff. <laughs> nerd stuff. Um, so maybe we'll just need to, you know, somebody make some... 3D printers specifically for food, and then yeah, we'll just be, we'll be uh, which I now, know they have those. They have yeah. those, but they yeah, you need to make it be able to actually create the food from components, which right. we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah, we're basically at the. We just want to take this already food and turn it into yes. a prettier version or another version yeah. of food. It's like, like the guy who makes really cool chocolate things. Um, I don't know if you've seen him on on TikTok. Oh yes, I have. Uh, but he uses a three D printer a lot to convert his uh, to make his chocolate how, things. I, I mean, I'll have to watch the TikToks. I'm like, how how are they mostly, even doing that? It's mostly um, rather than building it up, it's mostly cutting different uh, pieces. Yeah, like gotcha. forming it down. Yeah, yeah. I know it because I use my time well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. as well. On so, the but I guess like I'm, I'm I'm what I'm my question about is like what is it printing? Because like the the, the way it, the way a three D printer that I know of works, like it's using like a you know, these silicone based string yeah. things and making those melting those into shapes. So how do you do that with food? Like, is it not using that or is it just it's like not laser using cutting? silicone? Yeah, no, yeah. that's yeah, that would be super gross. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just figuring like how the printing part works. I'll, I'll look it up um, yeah. or listeners. You can tell me. I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm curious about the, the printing part and yeah. where the food comes into that. Like, cause yeah, you can change shapes, but anyway, I have, I have research to do on that <laughs> regard. Um, so, I mean, you know, it is clear for anyone listening to this that we are all interested in this as a topic. But what got you interested in working at a food bank, thinking about food insecurity, wanting to educate people about this? Oh, okay, for me, I've like I've worked with students, and uh, I was a youth pastor for years and about twenty years, and so kind of stepping away from that as far as my my time. I'm getting a little bit older as the time goes on, but uh, I really wanted to continue like helping people in, in different ways, whether it's, you know, kind of the counseling aspect and teaching aspect of before. But then when I, I saw this opportunity of, hey, there's a need in our community. I lived in southern Alabama, deep south Alabama. I've got uh, relatives and a lot of my family that lives out in far eastern Appalachia, Kentucky. And I've seen this firsthand in other mm -hmm. locations as well. So it wasn't like I just came to an area and said, oh, we, we need food here. It's like you, when you see this in communities, in multiple places across the country and you go, okay, this, this has to be worked on. Like this has to be confronted. And for me, taking that education aspect that, that I've had over the years, whether it was in the volunteer center, just not only having people do the work, but I want them to like become passionate about the work, mm -hmm. the cause. And, and sometimes maybe just opening their minds to something that maybe they've closed it off. Like, you know, I can't help that person because I don't know what they're going to do with the food that I give them, or I don't know how they're going to, like, is it going to really help them? I mean, what if I taught them to fish instead? It's like, okay, we're not, we're not fishing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to make sure people have food. And, you know, I believe that everybody should, that there's, there's mm -hmm. a right to that. And yeah. so like we can help people to do that. And so it's looking and expanding people's mind to, okay, food is the immediate need, yeah, but there's other reasons why they're, that a person is, has that need and, and they vary mm -hmm. so much. So it can, I mean, there's always people who, who take advantage of a system, but as a whole, that's not what we're running into. 
Right. We're running, we're, we're seeing people who, who just need help in the moment, or maybe they even help need help long-term, but there's not a solution mm-hmm. that they can get to. And so it's people who, you know, can help with that yeah. coming alongside them and helping. It's just, you know, when people say like, oh, I, I didn't need help. I got, you know, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. It's like, no, you are a liar. (laughs) We all have, and you know, not to be mean, but we've all needed help with things. And the reason we've had opportunities is because somebody along the path has been willing to help us along, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, someone who's taught us or just made that opportunity. Or you're like, well, I went to school. It's like, well, somebody help you get to school and maybe Mm -hmm. encourage you to get to school, whether it's college or whatever. And it's like, of those opportunities were not just because of you and your bootstraps. Like mm-hmm. you may have worked hard and some people have had to work harder than others to get where they are, but we've all had help. So that's yeah. why that whole idea of normalizing help is so important mm-hmm. because it really starts to break down the barriers of yeah. you going, well, I have, and, and and this person doesn't, or I don't have, and I don't mm-hmm. know who to ask. It's like, Hey, we're all working on this together. Right. And so in this moment, you need help with food. I can help with food or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, admitting you need help or that you had help doesn't diminish the hard work that you did. Not and I at think all. for a lot of people, that's a struggle. It is. They feel like it's an attack on on them, but I mean, it's really not. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You had to have help to get what you have. And the fact is some people get more help than other people. Yeah. And so, you know, part of part of my what I want to do and why I got into this is being is being able like feeling like I have you know the ability the talent to help people see that mm-hmm. whether it's the one on one or you know you know at a conference that I'm that I'm speaking at or or whatever it may be or these mm-hmm. workshops that we're wanting to put on like it's we want to get that info to people because it doesn't it doesn't take this miraculous event or it doesn't take this you know big like light bulb moment like parting of the of the sky. It really just takes about thinking about it for a little bit right. and you go, okay, I'm in. Well, so you, you've talked about how like people, people will come themselves to the food bank to one, either ask for food or to donate food. But it sounds like what, because of the middleman, middle person nature mm-hmm. of the, the food bank, I'm trying to think of like what we can tell people listening, what is the best way they can, they can do to support the work the food bank is doing. Okay. So we have we have it kind of on two sides if if you don't mind. Yep. Uh the one being the if if I have means to help. Uh you can help and volunteer. So we're okfoodbank.org slash volunteer or just okfoodbank.org or if you're not sure just food bank Tulsa will probably get you there. <laughs> uh, but uh if you go to that volunteering you can sign up to volunteer and that's actually putting in the hours and time. And you can do it as a group or individual. And once you do that once, you can just pick where you want to serve. Even some of the, the pantries and partners that we work with, you can sign up to do that. So if you're like, oh, I'm interested in the culinary. I want to help, you know, I want to help, uh, you know, saute the onions or whatever it might yeah. be. Like you can do that right there and sign up for whatever is available. But uh, of course, then too, I mean, donations, whether it, whether it's food directly or quite frankly, you know, let's ask for money, but really I can do a lot more or the food bank can do a lot more with a dollar than you can at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Like you go buy that peanut butter, we can buy four. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that, because we are, we're using, we're basically tapping into our partners, mm-hmm. we're, uh, our partnerships with people, uh, our, our, you know, large capacity to buy in bulk. Like, like I said, I can buy those, 
we can buy those. I said the food bank, those 2000 pound things of potatoes that maybe some other places just aren't going to touch because they're, they're way early in the stage of process, but we can get them there when it's way cheaper, have volunteers put them into bags and check them for quality of which they're in good quality. And that's why we buy them and we can buy it so much cheaper yeah. than if you go, I mean, we'd love for you to bring a bag of potatoes and, and, and donate it to somebody. Feel free to, please do. But really, we can do a lot more with the dollars. And then on the like receiving side for people who need help, or if you want to help somebody, you're like, you talk to somebody and they're like, man, I, I just need food. Uh, okfoodbank.org slash help. We actually have, it, it's really great and people just don't know about it. Um, it is a um, online tool there. It's just a Google map, basically. I mean, that you're looking at, in essence, a Google map. And you can type in your address or if a person's like, I don't want to give my address to the man, you know, kind of thing. You can just look up a location like right here where we're at. Um, I could just, you know, pinch and zoom that map or, or, or click on it. And it will show me every partner that the food bank has nearby. Mm-hmm. And I can make that as big or as small as I want to where you can you can actually go there. If you're like, I wonder where they have partners at. You can look at the whole eastern part of the state and see it littered. Of, of places. But if you're just like, hey, I need I need help here. It actually not only shows the place, but gives the name, the times, the phone number. And I've had people come into the, you know, to volunteer and say like, hey, my my brother uh, is in need. He's, he's just in a bad place right now. And he and he needs some help. And they're and they're stumped. They don't know how to help. And I said, OK, where, where, where are they at? And they're like, well, they're not really living anywhere. Where, where are they kind of located? And we looked it up in about, you know, 30 seconds tops from, you know, me pulling out my phone. Um, and we saw that there were three or four places within a mile of his location. And he's like, he had no idea mm-hmm. because unless that person's talking to somebody who knows about where to get food, you know, we, we, we like, we partner with some of the bigger name ones here, like John three sixteen and uh, Catholic charities, some of those that people may have heard of, but there's a lot of different pantries all throughout the community and probably some, probably some within a mile or two of where you're at mm-hmm. and people can help and say, Hey, there's actually all these places that they can get food from weekly or regularly instead of just a one time. I mean, those one time things are great, but, but it's not going to help in the long term. where if they just had the info, sometimes it's just, I wish I knew where to go. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to travel across, across town to get to the food bank. I've got three places right nearby and I can spread those out to where it's helpful for me. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool. Is that information that like, say they don't have access to the internet. If they call the food bank, they're able to get. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they call, they can get it. And, but uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, have found that that somebody nearby will have it, but yeah, feel free to call the the food bank and to, and to ask those same questions. We can look it up just as quickly. Has there been thoughts about like, advertising the amount of pantries and resources that are out there because like should it be on the person going through the thing to have to look up where like is is has there has there been talk around maybe we just like blast out the amount of resources available to people as far as food is concerned yeah that we're broadening that right now like we've we've brought in people to do that that have that skill set and mm-hmm. are doing it you know Social media, billboards, you're going to see our trucks, you know, are branded. I was going to say, are they branded trucks? Oh, yes. Yeah. They, so, so, you know, sometimes we've had these trucks in the past. We've got them big and branded with our with our newer, you know, this this past year logo change for us to kind of just make it simple for people. But, yeah, you're going to see those. And I've I've seen them. Of course, I work there, but I see them all the time. But like even driving around, I've been like, oh, there's a food truck, you know. Mm. And of course, uh, a food bank truck. I'm noticing them 
but it's also now like, okay, they're, they're obviously labeled. It's, we, we really were kind of doing what, what's, what, what is tough for nonprofits to do and it's market themselves, market themselves. Yeah. 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 As you know. Yep. And so for us, we, we have taken over this last year and, and with, with the new leadership, the, the new push is let's not be humble when it comes to letting people know what we do. We mm-hmm. humble in our execution, but not in the fact that we're trying to actually help people. And that way people will get involved. Like I said, communication in that realm, people knowing, wait, there's a place down here that did 32 million pounds of food last year to, to our community. Yep. But people just go, oh, I thought it was just a place where like I could go, you know, like typical four shelves and pick out a few canned goods. It's just getting that out there. So yes, we are definitely broadening that right now. I mean, all you have to do is go and volunteer to sword cans and you realize how big the facility (laughs) is. It's like, that's a big room. If you haven't been there in the last like couple of months, it has increased. And and we're just finishing now. um, Well, by the end of the summer, the basically the Southern part of our building has expanded to about a 50% increase of our warehouse. So our warehouse is about, was about 3 million pounds of food on deck. Mm-hmm. And that is a one month supply. So if you've ever come and, and volunteered, yeah. everything that you saw is a one month supply of food right. at wow. the food bank to wow. give you an idea. But wow. we've just expanded that about 50%. And that that's like the shelves are up. They're starting to move stuff into that location. But then we have a new volunteer center, which will allow us, you know, 80 plus people to come in and volunteer larger groups, mm-hmm. a lot just cool. quicker management and other yeah. things going on. Plus our culinary, which was actually like the very, like the first culinary department, like inside of a food bank years ago um, when they first built this building in 06. And so they, you know, with it being a pilot program, it was kind of new, small mm-hmm. kitchen. Now we've got basically the whole end of the building is culinary <laughs> where we actually have awesome. a demo. Like they're working on finishing it now. They've got the appliances in where we're looking toward probably the end of the summer to finish it. And we can actually demo and have groups come in, not only to be educated with like my part of the program, but people who are getting the food come in and learn how to cook it from one of our chefs. That's cool. And they have a, we have a demo, you know, kitchen where they can show like, Hey, here's how you cook these things. Mm -hmm. And here's how you work with what you're getting and try to make it to where, you know, for a lot of people, it's the convenience is worth the health loss, you know, and and because maybe it's just not knowing. And so having someone come in and say, Oh, Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Like that's manageable. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing even on that level as well. So for people who do want to um, come and visit for one of your educational seminars, workshops, how do they connect with you on that? Okay. They can uh, they can email me, dsheridan at okfoodbank.org and uh, just say, hey, I, I, I heard about you. I want to I come in. And we are pushing that out now where we're giving different opportunities uh, for me to be able to come out or mm-hmm. people to be able to come in and see that. But if they want to, you know, volunteer and see it firsthand, right. You right. Know, and put, you know, put their work to it. Like I said, it's okfoodbank.org slash, uh, no, okfoodbank.org slash. I forgot. Volunteer. Volunteer. Thank you. you no, it's not actually. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. They can go to okfoodbank.org and they'll find right away where to volunteer yeah. and uh-huh. they'll be able to help. So uh, as a, we'll just say as an example, if somebody had a team at work and wanted them to be able to come and uh, see the educational portion and then also volunteer, say, in the span of the same day, that would be something that they could work out with you. That is our <laughs> that is our new initiative right now <laughs> okay. that, that we're putting in, okay. in place. So, yeah, it could be a, 
hey, we're going to go learn about it. Mm -hmm. So when we go do it, yeah. like later that day, oh, it means a lot more. It's, yeah. it's you know, because it's, it's like you said, it's one thing to, to move that stuff around and to help, but people have different, you know, they may be coming for work for whatever reason, mm -hmm. but if they go, okay, we're kind of all seeing that this is a big deal, yeah. then it's going and doing, it changes perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like it would be a great, um, you know, everybody corporate always asking about team building opportunities. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity when you can shift everybody's perspective and work together on something. So it sounds like a great program. Yeah. So I've done these workshops in different like individuals and locations and, and conferences, but this new, like having people come in and pairing those together is brand new. Yeah. So if people want to get a hold of me and be like the first on board to okay. get this done, come on in and we'll, and we'll get things rolling. For example, yeah. if they work at like a, a large employer in yeah. town. That when is this going out in case I want to get ahead of it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Contact me now. It, it, it'll be like... Two weeks from this Thursday. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. You got time. You okay, got time. Yeah. Um, I'll plan. I'll plan accordingly. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought about like recording the chef making m making meals with the stuff that the food bank gives, so, and like putting those up on YouTube so they'd be accessible to like anybody at any time? That is a great suggestion. Um, it hasn't happened yet, as our demo kitchen's not done. But as it finishes up, and we do have like the camera mm -hmm, set up yeah. above, kind of you know food networky style, just a camera above that points down, that is a great suggestion. And I would say it's probably one that some of our folks that are working in that in that department are like, oh yeah, we we totally want to do that. But I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. if you need help editing those videos. I know who to call on. Uh, I'm sure you have all that free time you're ready to yeah, give. Right. Listen, we, we don't do a podcast about helping people for money. Um, <laughs> well, this has been great. Honestly, yeah. I, this is the one of the most uh, joyous conversations about <laughs> a problem we've had in some time, which has been great. Uh, was, wow. It was definitely not a pod for sad, as we call it. Yeah. Um, and I just want to thank you, Dwayne, for like yeah. on very short notice, like uh, coming in and telling us all, all about the like one the amazing work the food bank has been doing. Mm -hmm. And the thank you all for listening to our episode with Dwayne. Go volunteer, donate food, learn how you can help all throughout the state of Oklahoma. Actually, I should say all throughout half of the state of Oklahoma, as you will learn in this episode that you just listened to. Uh, pod for good. <laughs> Sorry. If that's new information to you, you somehow skipped to the end of the episode and didn't actually <laughs> listen to it. So, For little... the people who only like to listen to outros. God, it, listen, outro people, if you're out there, I love you because <laughs> I have the most fun with the outros, but I know the majority of people do not listen to them. So... For, I guess what's the, what's a reverse spoiler? Because that's what I just did. A summary? It's a summary. Yeah, a reverse. There you go. A, a reverse spoiler slash summary. Uh -huh. I don't know how much of that I'm going to be able to keep, but we'll see how much time I have. Anyway, Pod for Good can be found anywhere you get your podcast. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on LinkedIn. So please subscribe. And for the love of all that is holy, leave us a review. I'm looking at you, three-star guy. <laughs> or gal. Or they. Anyway, as always, Telsa, get done. Broken Arrow, I'm not in the mood. Be kind to one another out there. <laughs> <laughs>